Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <gasps> oh my goodness me. Well, what day is it? It is Friday. Yay. Oh, so exciting. It is almost the weekend. Who's got that Friday feeling? Yes, I have. <laughs> Definitely. So, let's see what we've got on the agenda for today. Well, I am going to run over all the questions from our quiz. So, we're going to start with that. So, on Monday, we had questions one and two. So, number one was, which character is wise Ooh. and number two was what kind of animal is roo okie dokie then and on tuesday we had questions three and four <gasps> question three all character all the characters are animals except one which one is that who is not an animal and number 4 who is the only girl character and on wednesday we had 5 and 6 Question five, who calls Pooh a silly old bear? And number six, who says, that's ridiculous, ridiculous, <laughs> I love that. And <sighs> on Thursday, yesterday, we had the final two questions. And it was, what does Piglet do when he is afraid? And question eight, what are the Hundred Acre Wood Gang afraid of? Whoa, well now. That is all the eight questions. So I am waiting for some answers to come in. I haven't had any answers this week, actually, so far. So, um, let me know what your answers are and I will let you know if you are right. Oh, they can't be too hard for you, surely. <laughs> so, right. What did you think the answer was to our joke? What was our joke? What is a gorilla's favourite cookie? A chocolate chimp cookie. <laughs> Not a chocolate chip, a chocolate chimp. I love it. Um, right. So, um, I've got a question for you. Okay. Is a can opener that doesn't work, you know the can openers? And if it's a can opener and it doesn't work, does that make it a can't opener? 
<laughs> Bit of a silly question, isn't it? Oh, my goodness me. Well, we're going to have an impossible question. <sighs> Let's see. Okie dokies. So what is our impossible question today? Hmm? Um, well, I think today is... <sighs> Why can't you remember? Why can't I remember being a baby? Mm. Well, don't worry, you're not the only one. Can anybody remember being a baby? I know I can't. Most people can't remember anything about their first few years on the planet. At the moment, it's hard to explain why we forget so much. Our brains are good at remembering skills we learn as babies. We don't forget how to walk or talk or recognise our families. Three-year-olds can remember all kinds of things. But by the time we are seven, most events and experiences that happened before we were three have been mistaken mysteriously wiped from our brains. Scientists have come up with different theories to explain this. One idea is that we can't store memories until we learn enough language to turn them into stories because that's basically what memories are. They're stories inside our heads. Another idea is that a child's brain grows and changes so quickly that new brain cells and connections mess up the memories that are already there. Even older children and adults seem to forget experiences quickly unless they're very important or make us feel very strong feelings. What experiences do you remember from when you were very young? Why are they important to you? Why not draw or write them down to help you remember them forever? <laughs> so, um... If you're younger than seven now, you will probably forget me explaining why you can't remember being a baby. <laughs> so maybe you should write that bit down. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think I think the story idea is probably the, more or less right, because um, as, as I say, it's definitely stories in our mind in our brain in our head that is what our memories are so there you go oh <laughs> that is our impossible question for the day oh my goodness me right um now i have a fun fact for you okay so, fun fact for you is that planes, um, aeroplanes, are white mainly, okay? 
And why are they white and not black? Hmm? Because, believe it or not, <laughs> it sounds really weird, but white paint, <clears throat> excuse me, white paint is lighter than black paint. Black paint um, has more pigments in it and it can actually, to paint a plane black, can actually add the same weight as having another eight passengers to it. How awesome is that? So you keep it white so that you don't have those added extra eight passengers. It's just amazing. Um, so there you go. Now you know why planes are mainly white. That amazed me today. It really did. Um, so there you have it. Oh, my goodness me. What day is it today? Do, do, do. Apart from being Friday. And apart from being the 28th of April. And I do know it is a birthday tomorrow. I've got a birthday in my birthday book. Ooh, I wonder whose birthday it is tomorrow. Let's wait and see. <laughs> so, okie dokily. Um, it is biological clock day. So, you need to start getting a little bit more healthy and eating a little bit more just to, um, you know, kind of slow yourself down. <laughs> It's also National Cubicle Day. Now, I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. And um, quite a few offices, if you work in an office, um, they ha you have like little cubicles where you sit, like where your office is. So, where your desk is, sorry. Um, and it is tidy up your cubicle day. Make it nice and neat and tidy. There you go. Um, it's also National Arbor Day. Now, um, this is a day for planting trees. So there you go. Plant a tree. It's good for the environment, good for the world, the earth. But it's also great fun to watch it grow and watch it um, flourish. And if you ch plant, chose a um, fruit tree to grow, then you can watch and wait for the takes a long time but you can watch and wait for the actual fruit to appear and there's so many different ones so grow a tree today or at least plant one now it's also national superhero day now you think when you say when i say to you um superheroes you think of batman and superman and all the other things like that don't you but national superhero day is to celebrate um real life superheroes so like firemen policemen um doctors and nurses um lifeboat men all those people that put themselves put their own lives at risk to save your lives and to look after you and even down to 
um, I don't know, one of the people who volunteered to serve in a soup kitchen because those are people that are taking care of the homeless. Um, so those are the people that we have to thank and celebrate today. Um, proper real life superheroes okay um not the ones that wear capes <laughs> uh whatever else is it today oh national blueberry pie day i love blueberries gorgeous i love any fruit pie global pay it forward day so another thing about being kind um pay it forward usually means if somebody is in front of you um or you say you're going through McDonald's drive-in um, or drive-through and there's a car in front of you, car behind you uh, and you pay for your meal but then you say I want to pay for the car behind me as well and then when they get there it's a surprise because their meal's already been paid for. Um, the same in a, I don't know, a, a few different um, coffee shops have a um, behind the counter, um, I can't remember what they call it, but you pay for your coffee and then you put the same amount of money that your coffee cost uh, behind the counter. And so when homeless people in, come in or don't have somebody that doesn't have a lot of money... Um, they can say, is there anything behind the counter? And there's money there to buy them a coffee or a meal or whatever, which I think is a lovely, totally, totally lovely idea. So that is what Global Pay It Forward Day. So maybe, I don't know, pay pay it forward a little kindness today. Um, <laughs> It's Clean Comedy Day. So no dirty jokes no rude jokes um is all clean jokes today um and workers memorial day well there there's a thing what is workers memorial day well everything that is around you that makes your life comfortable and makes your life um happy and you take it for granted Sometime in the past, somebody had to work really, really hard to get that thing. They didn't have it, um, but it's something that you take for granted. Lots and lots of things. So um, think of something that, like, I don't know, a washing machine or a dishwasher a dishwasher definitely people i don't have one but a lot of people have dishwashers now um and it makes your life easier but you take it for granted load the dishwasher you say but somebody had to work really really hard to get that dishwasher so invented and uh, made and all sorts of things so that's who you're thinking about <laughs> and this next one or last one is for anybody who has ever owned a cat 
you will know about this one because it is National Hairball Awareness Day. I hate it when my cat coughs up hairballs. Makes me feel sick. <laughs> He's doing it and I'm being, well, ugh, it's horrible. So, um, but you have to be aware that your cat will cough up hairballs. It's a it's a given thing, a guaranteed thing. Honestly. <laughs> right. Ah, what story have we got today? <gasps> well, I thought we would read the next chapter of Mr. Pinkwhistle's Party. And it's called Mr. Pinkwhistle comes along. So here goes. Sooty, called Mr Pinkwhistle to his big black cat. I'm going out for a walk. It's a lovely sunny winter's day. I'll be back in time for dinner. Sooty went to the door to see him off. He went briskly down the garden path and out of the gate. The frost crunched under his feet as he went and the pale December sun shone down on him. What a lovely day. I think I'll go down to the pond and see if there are any children sliding on it, he thought. So off he went, down the lane, up the hill, down the hill and across a meadow where frost whitened the long grass in the ditches. Mr Pinkwhistle was just putting his leg over the stile to go to the pond when his sharp ears caught a sound. He had pointed brown ears and could hear like a hare. Now what's that, he thought, his leg half over the stile. Is it an animal or a child or just a noise? It seemed to come from a little tumble-down shed by the hedge. Mr Pinkwhistle listened. Yes, there was certainly a noise, a sniffy sort of noise. Sniff, sniff, gulp, sniff, sniff. I'd better go and find out, said Pinkwhistle. And he got down from the stile and went to the little shed. He poked his head inside. It was rather dark and he couldn't see anything at first. And then he saw something white. Dear me, said Pinkwhistle. Is that a face I see? Does it belong to someone? Who are you? The face was peeping out of a pile of hay in the corner. It spoke. Yes, but please go away. This is my shed. It's private. Pinkwhistle didn't go away. He was sure that he could see that the face was very miserable. He came right into his shed. Somebody, some, somebody scrambled out of the hay crossly. It was a boy of about ten. I told you this was my shed, he said. It's on my father's land. And he said I could have it for my very own. You're trespassing. Was it you I heard sniff, sniff, sniffing? Asked Pinkwhistle. What's the matter? Nothing, said the boy. Nothing to do with you anyway. Don't you know when people want to be alone? I wish you'd get out of my shed. I'm going, said Pinkwhistle. But it's a pity you haven't even a dog to keep you company. 
If you're unhappy, it's nice to have a dog's nose on your knee. He walked to the door. Come back, said the boy suddenly in a shaky sort of voice. I, I like what you said just now. You might understand if I tell you something. You wouldn't have said that if you hadn't understood what friends dogs are, would you? No, said Pink Whistle, turning back. So it's something to do with a dog, is it? Your own dog, I suppose? Yes, said the boy, sitting down on the hay and rubbing a very dirty hand over his face. You see, I've got no brothers or sisters, so my dad gave me a dog for my own. My very own, you understand. Not one that's shared by the whole family. Buddy was my very own, every whisker of him, every hair. Oh, that's a fine thing, said Pink Whistle. I expect that you belong to him as much as he belonged to you. You were his friend as much as he was yours. I'm glad you understand, said the boy. It's nice to tell somebody. Well, Buddy's gone. Somebody's stolen him. He was a golden spaniel with big loving eyes and he cost my father a lot of money. That's why he's been stolen. Because he was valuable. Sniff, sniff, sniff. The boy rubbed his hand over his eyes again. I'm ten, he said, ashamed, and too old to make a fuss like this, like a four-year-old. I know all that, so you needn't tell me. But a dog sort of gets right into your heart, if he's your own. I shall begin to sniff too in a minute, said Pink Whistle. I know exactly what you feel. You're thinking how miserable your dog will be without you, and you're hoping that nobody is being cruel to him, and you're wondering if he's cowering down in some corner, puzzled and frightened. Well, that's enough to make anyone feel miserable. He disappeared yesterday, said the boy. Two men came to the farm to ask if they could buy chickens, and I'm sure they took Buddy away. They may have given him some meat with a sleeping powder in it and got him like that. I don't know. The police say they can't trace the men, and they haven't any report of a golden spaniel anywhere. I see, said Pink Whistle. Uh, do you happen to know me by any chance, boy? My name's Robin, said the boy. No, I don't know you. I've never, ever seen you before, have I? He peered closely at Pink Whistle. The sun shone in at the little shed window just then, and he suddenly saw Pink Whistle clearly. He saw his green eyes and his pointed ears, and he gave a little cry. <gasps> wait, wait, yes, I've seen your picture somewhere, in a in a magazine or or a book. Yes, I remember now. Why, surely you're not Mr Pinkwhistle. I am, said Pinkwhistle, beaming all over his face, pleased that the boy knew him. And I like to go about the world putting wrong things right. Oh, get bud, bad, bleh, stop, sorry. Get back, buddy, for me then, please, please, said Robin, catching hold of Mr Pinkwhistle's arm. I never thought you were real, but you are. Can you get back, buddy? 
I'll do my best, said Pinkwizzle. I'll go now. Cheer up. Get out of this dark shed and go home and find some work to do. Perhaps I can put things right for you. He walked out of the shed. Robin ran after him, suddenly very cheerful indeed. He was amazed to think that Mr Pinkwistle should have come along just then. What a wonderful thing. Mr Pinkwistle went back home. He called Sadia's cat and told her about Robin. Go to the farm and speak to the farm cats, he said. They will have noticed these two men and have seen if Buddy was taken away by them. Find out all you can. Sooty ran off tail in air. She soon came back with news. Yes, master. The farm cats say that the men came back that evening, threw down meat for Buddy and then went away. Buddy ate it and fell asleep. Then the men came back and put him into a sack. They had a wagon drawn by a horse called Rip, who told the cats that this, his masters went to Ringdown Market every Thursday. You will find them there. Thank you, Sooty, said Pinkwistle. That's all I want to know. The next day was Thursday. Pinkwistle set off to Ringdown Market. It was a long way away, but he got there at last. What a babble of sound there was. Horses whinnying, sheep baaing, hens clucking, ducks quacking, turkeys gobbling, geese hissing and cackling. Pinkwizzle looked for a golden spaniel. There were three for sale at the market. Which was Robin's? Mr Pinkwizzle decided to make himself invisible. This was a gift he sometimes used. And he used it now. One moment there was a kindly little man walking about. The next moment he wasn't there at all. An old woman selling eggs was most astonished. She blinked her eyes in wonder and then forgot all about it. Pinkwistle went up to a golden spaniel. Buddy, he whispered. Buddy, the dog took no notice. So that one wasn't Robin's dog. Pinkwistle went up to the second spaniel and whispered. But it wasn't Robin's dog either. Buddy, whispered Pinkwistle to the third spaniel. He was lying miserable on some sacks behind two men selling hens. Buddy! The dog sprang up at once, his tail wagging. He looked all around. Who had called him by his name? One of the men turned around sharply. Lie down, you, he said, and kicked him. Ah! <gasps> Oh, my goodness, Mr. Pinkwistle felt very angry indeed. Oh, these fellows wanted punishing. They wanted frightening. Well, he would have a fine game and give them a wonderful punishment. He began to bark like a dog and Buddy pricked up his ears at once. Then Pinkwistle pretended that Buddy was speaking. Hens peck these men, he cried, and then it seemed to the men as if a whole flock of invisible hens were all around them, pecking hard. But really, of course, it was Mr Pinkwistle jabbing at them with his hard little forefinger. Peck, peck, peck.
The men cowered back, squealing. Everyone came to see what the matter was. Pinkwhistle began to cluck, and that made the men think there really were invisible hens pecking at them. Then Pinkwhistle called out again in a barking sort of voice, so that it seemed as if Buddy was talking. Geese, attack these men! And dear me, what a cackling there was from old Pinkwhistle then. What a hissing and what a jab, jab, jabbing from top to bottom of the scared men. Everyone stared amazed. What was happening? Where did the cackling and hissing come from? Who was jabbing at the men? Serves them right, said somebody. I never did like those two. And then, oh dear, Pinkwhistle decided to be a butting goat. What fun he was having and what a wonderful punishment he was giving the two men. Goat butt them, he cried. And the men looked everywhere, scared, wondering if an invisible goat was coming at them. Biff! Pinkwhistle ran first at one man and then at the other. Biff! Bang! Biff! The men felt exactly as though a big, rather solid goat was butting them back and front. Pinkwhistle butted one man right over and he rolled on top of Buddy. Buddy promptly snapped at him and growled. Pinkwhistle immediately growled too and talked in his growling. Bull, toss these men! <gasps> the men gave a loud howl. Hens had pecked them, geese had jabbed them, a goat had butted them. Surely, surely they were not going to be tossed by a bull. And an invisible one too, coming at them from any side. Run for it, yelled one man, and he ran for his life. The other followed. Pinkwhistle galloped after them, making his feet sound like a bull's hooves. Clippity, clippity, clop. How the men howled. Pinkwhistle couldn't follow them very far because he laughed so much. How he laughed. People were really very puzzled to hear loud chuckles and not to see anyone there. Well, I don't know what's upset those two fellows at a burly farmer, but I'm glad to see the back of them. Rascals, both of them. Pinkwhistle went back to where the dog Buddy lay on the sacks, puzzled and frightened. Buddy suddenly heard a quiet, kindly voice talking to him, and invisible fingers undid the knot of rope that tied him to the rail. Come with me, Buddy, said the voice, and Buddy immediately went obediently. He sniffed at Mr Pinkwhistle's invisible legs. How very peculiar to smell legs that didn't seem to be there. Buddy couldn't understand it. But then he didn't really understand anything that had left uh, that had happened, sorry, since he had left Robin. His world seemed quite upside down and not at all a nice place.
It was a long way to the farm where Robin lived, but as they got nearer to it, Buddy became very excited indeed. His nose twitched. He pulled against the hand on his collar. Not so fast, Buddy, said Mr Pinkwhistle. I want to come with you. Buddy took another sniff at the invisible legs. Well, they smelled all right, so the person with them ought to be all right too. He trotted along obediently, getting more and more excited. It was dark when at last they came to the farm, but he was now so excited that he pulled and pulled at Pinkwhistle's hand. The little man led him to his kennel. Get in there and wait, he ordered, and bark loudly. Buddy crept in and then he barked. How loudly he barked. Woof, 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 woof. Robin, I'm back. Where are you? Woof, woof. Robin heard, of course, he would know Buddy's bark anywhere. He sprang up at once, his face shining. Mother, that's Buddy's back. He's bark. He's back, he cried, and raced out of the house to the yard. He came to the kennel, calling joyfully, Buddy, Buddy, I'm here. And before Buddy could squeeze past the invisible Mr Pinkwhistle, there was Robin squeezing into the kennel. He got right in, and then you really couldn't tell which was boy and which was dog. They hugged and licked and rolled and patted and yelped and shouted so joyfully together. At last, tired out, they slept peacefully together in the kennel. Buddy's nose on Robin's knee and Robin's arm around Buddy's neck. Only Buddy's tongue was busy licking at Robin's hand. Oh, Buddy, I do wish I could say a big thank you to Mr Pinkwhistle, said Robin. I don't even know where he lives, though I'd say, Mr Pinkwhistle, I'm your friend for ever and ever. Mr Pinkwhistle heard it all. He was peering in at the kennel, as happy as could be. He had put a lot of wrong things right in his life, but surely... This was one of the very best. He stole away in the darkness, a very happy little man indeed. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? So, ooh, um, I do like those stories. They're just so nice. Definitely very nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, I hope you enjoyed this story. I hope you enjoyed the whole episode. If you did, tell your friends and then they can all listen as well. <laughs> we need to get more popular, more popular than ever. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, what I was going to say is as well, um, some people have asked me or some listeners have asked for um, stories like The Very Hungry Caterpillar, The Gruffalo, um, We're Going on a Bear Hunt, things like that. Now, um, I don't read those books 
simply because uh, they're very young and um, I don't have very many young viewers on or listeners on here. Um, they're mainly sort of past that particular age. But I do know that some of you have younger brothers or sisters. So what I thought, and please tell me if you don't think it's a good idea, but what I thought was um, what I might do is still continue reading the stories that we do but um once a week maybe on a monday or something i don't know um we can read one of the very like the gruffalo say um uh or we can read we're going on a bear hunt or the hungry caterpillar something so that um it's for the younger ones as well um but you still get your your stories um the same as we do now uh just an added sort of little bit once a week for um any up and coming future listeners <laughs> so what do you think do you think that's a good idea um i don't want to leave anybody out so um but i don't want to read just say the hungry caterpillar because it's not the kind of story that i normally read because it's quite a very short and um one for little ones so let me know what you think anyway um i am going i'm gonna go and get ready for work and i will speak to you all tomorrow but until then take care and stay safe and i will catch you on the flip side <laughs> Okay, bye for 